Get ready. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Weekly Cooldown. I am Kami JC, your host. And I'm Paul Henderson. <laughs> just in my regular guest. I hate you. If you're joining us for the first time, <laughs> this is the show where we get to know the gaming news of the week and we get to know our guest. It is episode 179 of the Weekly Cooldown and it is January 26th. Where did the time go? I don't know. I fell asleep and then a month passed. <laughs> Wake me up when September ends, right? Um, so. So headlines, we've got headlines to do, and then we've got a cool sure. guest, um, and then, you know, there's <laughs> some unfortunate stories, but we're going to get into all of that. Um, so to kick things off, Microsoft aired its Xbox and Bethesda showcase this week on January 25th. The showcase focused largely on some of their biggest titles, including Forza Motorsport and Minecraft. The biggest news, however, had to deal with release dates, specifically for Minecraft Legends, which will release April 18th, and Redfall, which will release May 2nd. The other big news had to deal with a game no one saw coming from Tango Gameworks Studio. A rhythm action game Hi-Fi Rush was announced and released on Game Pass during the showcase. Tango Gameworks is best known for games like The Evil Within and Ghostwire Tokyo. Finally, some other news from the showcase. Players can now access all the previous Elder Scrolls online chapters for free as long as they have access to the base game. I am so excited to try out Hi-Fi Rush. That game looks sick. It does look pretty cool. <laughs> In more Microsoft slash Xbox news, Game Pass is losing some more games very soon. As of January 31st, four titles will be leaving Game Pass. Whether or not they will make it back to Game Pass is yet to be seen. However, Telling Lies, Donut County, Worms WND, and Taiko no Tatsujin, the Drum Master, are all leaving Xbox Game Pass by the end of the month. This is the second calling of video games this month, and games that leave the Game Pass catalog are no longer playable unless players buy the titles out outright. Usually, however, the price for those who have subscribed to Game Pass is lowered by at least 20%. Coming to Game Pass for the rest of this month include the previously mentioned Hi-Fi Rush, GoldenEye 007, RoboQuest, Age of Empires 2 Definitive Edition, Ikulinati, and JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R. Ooh, that's exciting. Uh, source code for League of Legends and Teamfight Tactics, as well as the code for an anti-cheat platform, were all stolen by hackers, Riot Games said in a Twitter post this week. The hack was first reported on January 20th. Riot confirmed that these were the systems targeted and also that they will not be paying the ransom the hackers asked for. Riot Games said that while the source code can be used to create new cheats and exploits and contains some experimental features... They are working to make sure the live versions of these games are secure for the potential exploits and make no guarantees that these features will ever come to the live versions of the games. Riot also said that no player data or personal information was compromised. 
And finally, Behavior Interactive, the creators of Dead by Daylight, have announced that their new asynchronous first-person building and rating game, Meet Your Maker, is having its first open beta test on Steam in February. The game was first announced in August 2022 and has seen a few closed beta tests since the announcement. The game takes place in a post-apocalyptic world where humanity battles it out for the last few resources left. Players have built to build their own outposts where resources are kept in the hopes of keeping raiders out. Likewise, players must raid other players in order to gain these resources and continue upgrading their own bases. The open beta playtest for Meet Your Maker will run for a week and begin on February 6th. And those are just some of the headlines from this week. Uh, hey, guess what? If you got some other headlines you want to talk about, you can find me at, uh, on the Twitters. Still you can find me there. On Tumblr as well. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still there. I'm free. Kinda. <laughs> you know what? That's fair. I can't, um, I can't I can't look away. I can't pull away. I just enjoy. I enjoy the chaos. You know who else isn't free? Who's that? Our other guest. Oh yeah, that's true. Our guest is not free. <laughs> what are you implying? That Ladies and gentlemen, friend of the neighborhood, Sam Were you implying that he paid me to be here? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you no. Doing? I didn't get paid anything. $20. Either $20. Yeah, we got paid not me or kidnapped you. So. No. Well, yeah, I don't think you've kidnapped me because I'm still within the safety of my own home. I, for At least now. I hope it's safe. Sam's appearance fee is out of control, and he doesn't even bust out a webcam for wow. it. I actually actually required a lifeblood contract. <laughs> so you know, so it's kind of. I lost two pints. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Listen, I need that blood. To, I don't know, do something, prepare for vampires. Summon sure, something. He's a thirsty, summon anything. Vampire boy. Su- summon something. something anything. <laughs> int- I don't know. What something. would you Hello. summon if Hello, you could everybody. be a summoner? Uh, well, that's a weird. Is that Titan? No, I, no, not. I'm not gonna summon Titan. He's 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 he's, he's too. He, I no. would summon. He's up though. I would he, summon just... the Titan from the like the first in Final Fantasy fourteen. Cause he's, I don't know. Yeah, he's I don't know. I can't rocky. really think. Ooh, See, yeah. I would want to summon one of the summons from like Golden Sun because those were fucking Ooh, bananas. You are like, correct. Just, summon Master like, Man. Like, listen, I love my Final <laughs> Fantasy summons. Don't get me wrong, but if you've mm. ever played Golden Sun, those summons are fucking they insane. Are. They do some like crazy this. Like, stuff. like they this this has no right to be on a Game Boy Advance. No, is how elaborate no. some of them were. It's like I actually oh my remember God. like indoctrinating one of my friends to playing Golden Sun because he was like, "Why are the graphics so good?" On a game yeah, Boy exactly. Game. I know. Oh, it was great graphics, great soundtrack, amazing soundtrack. Although Golden. it's very fun if you ever play like Mario Tennis or Mario Golf or the N sixty four. It's just a fucking yeah. Golden Sun soundtrack for a sports game. It's oh, they even funny. use like some of the some of the like icons, right? Like some they of like. Use- I don't know if they use some of the icons. They definitely use the same kind of like icon language a lot of the mm. times. But Super it's funny. just funny because how many of like those sound libraries from those N64 games they just brought over to the Game Boy Advance. It's like, oh, I know those horn sounds. I know those <laughs> string sounds. Um, no, incredible soundtrack for what it is. Uh, they really knew how to make that work, even for GBA. Yeah. I'm sorry, everybody. Here's my review of the Golden Sun series for Game Boy Advance. Please play it at ten some out of point. Ten. And, Nintendo, consider bringing it back. You have the IP. Yeah, please yeah. make an RPG again. It yeah, was yeah. great. That's not Fire Emblem, although Fire Emblem Engage does have some pretty good shit in it, apparently. 
but you know, it's just like anyway, whatever. Hi, everybody. Game Boy Advance. <laughs> hey, Sam. Game Boy Advance <laughs> soundtracks are some wild shit yeah. because everybody who composed and sound designed for that for that handheld knew it was trash. Yeah, <laughs> well, they knew how they. Everybody knew how dog shit the audio so, on the Game Boy Advance was. So here's the funniest thing, and I always love pointing this out to people: like how many game soundtracks just stole their sound libraries from the Roland Sound Canvas '88. Usually is what yeah. it was because it's just. My, like, and still do. And still do, but not as much anymore. But, yeah. like, my favorite thing is that there are, uh, there's one channel in particular where the guy, like, takes a bunch of the soundtracks from, like, the uh, SNES and, like, early PlayStation Final Fantasy soundtracks and, like, puts their, like, little MIDI data or tracker data into a sound canvas and how much of it is just, like... These are the exact same sounds, yeah. except they're like high quality and a high fidelity. It's so it's so crazy. There's like one where it's like you listen to the soundtrack for Final Fantasy VI, and it's like these are the same sounds. I've but never not... made a sound in my life. I don't know what, what you're talking about. What always kills me about those those high quality Roland yeah. Sound Canvas tracks is that sometimes they sound better. Yeah, but. Sometimes yeah. it's clear that they were composing with the limitations of the hardware in mind. Yeah. Like um, they're they're the, the one that always comes to mind for me is Wario Land Four. Where Wario Land Four oh, yeah. is just like wall to wall set rolling sound canvas. Yeah. But the thing is, Wario Land Four specifically was very clearly composed with the Game Boy Advance in mind. Right. And and more importantly, with the specific way that the Game Boy Advance sound chip compresses audio yeah. in the way where it's like. It's trying to do high fidelity, but it does it really shitty. Yeah. And so the way the the way audio is written for Warrior Land Four is written with that compression in mind to work around it, kind of like how they did with the Super Nintendo as well. But yeah. it feels like it's a bit more nuanced because the Super Nintendo, you kind of know what you're in for. You're not really trying to make something that sounds high fidelity. You know yeah. that it's going to get compressed to shit. You can work around that. Game Boy Advance, it feels more like there was something that they had to adjust for that wasn't as ever present and mm -hmm. was a little more finicky to work with. And at least in Warrior Land 4 and a few other games that I can't think of off the top of my head, they did a really good job. And the reason I say that is because there are games that are reported to the Game Boy Advance from the Super Nintendo and the soundtracks sound like dog shit on yep. the Game Boy Advance. Like any, any Super Nintendo, like Yoshi's Island, Super Mario mm -hmm. Brothers 3, those soundtracks sound fucking terrible on the Game <laughs> Boy Advance. Actually, yes. Because it's clear that those sound, those tracks and the way that they were converted to the Game Boy Advance yep. weren't designed for the Game Boy Advance. Yeah. That's why they sound so bad. And, so, and that's also why I think that like those high quality versions of tracks for the most part. I love this music great. corner. We they should do it more often. Yeah. So, so, sound design, sound design. So, so there's something that I want to point out that's if you want something really fascinating. So the soundtrack for Final Fantasy Tactics Advance, it came with two discs. The first disc has like the soundtrack from like the I game, like all fans. the things with it. Mm. And the second disc has the exact same amount of songs, except that they, they are the versions that Hitoshi Sakamoto had made with his like full like tools available to him. Interesting. So hearing the comparison of like what they had originally and what they had to do to like, you know, make it so that it was fun on the GBA is absolutely fascinating. And it's one of my favorite things about that soundtrack, just because it's like hearing those two is like. It's, it's just really interesting because there's a lot of ones where they like they couldn't bring in certain instruments. So they would mm. just use like the GBA's own like, you know, like freaking like square wave or triangle wave um, synthesizer right. in place of a, it's. So it's just really fascinating if you ever listen to it because it'll just be like going, 
wow, they had to really do some creative like legwork for that one. And, so, and I'd be willing to bet. And I, I, I'm not familiar with Final Fantasy Tactics, unfortunately. No, so I'm gonna, I'm really. gonna, I'm gonna plead ignorance on this. But I'd be willing to bet that some of the compositional sacrifices they had to make were probably also in the service of filling out frequencies that they couldn't hit because of mm-hmm. the instruments that they were missing. Like knowing that the compression would work in a certain way yeah. probably filled out certain frequencies. That's that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Like with like having yeah. to work around the hardware. And that's why the, the, the high quality versions that people convert into yeah. don't sound. I'm sorry, you've got two musicians. I've, I have to interrupt the music right hour. now. This is going to be yeah, hell. Sorry, it's, it's okay. Sorry. It's just like, I just want to get that out. Like, if I you ever want to yeah. interrupt, please the look at that soundtrack. Of the music hour. Yeah, yeah, Game yeah. Boy Advance sound design is interesting to me. It's just it is, it's so, so fascinating. Good. Very fun. Anyway, I'm over here having like a complete, like, I don't know what's happening face journey. <laughs> While everyone else is having music chat, I mean, I'm sorry. I I think I understood some of those words. That's what you had. That's what I happens when you bring Yoshi me on. Yoshi Island it's sounds the only thing that I know. I heard Jace, Yoshi gosh. Island sounds bad, and I was like, okay, yeah, I know that part. I got that part. <laughs> no, it's funny because my 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 manager at work is the lead is the lead sound guy at Alchemy. Mm. So like we talk for like five minutes about like my work stuff, work. and then the next then then the actual twenty and then the next twenty five minutes of my one on ones just turns into tech like audio talk <laughs> like yeah, a half hour. That's a lot of fun. <laughs> it's so funny every time. It's great. It's so good. No, that's it. Yeah. I've done like some engineering, hey. but like as far as making s- sounds, making music, I mean, I'm like. I mean, listen, I went to school for it, That's so valid. it's just like, there's, yeah, I know. It's I went to school. Wait, I like, the technically news. went to school for it. <laughs> yes, yeah, that didn't correct. graduate. Yeah, um, no, no, I would, yeah. Anyway. Hey, Sam, what have you been playing this week? Uh, this good. Well, hey, I we just... format. We do. Um, well, I actually just finished uh, Jedi Fallen Order, because that was on mm. PS Plus, and it's like, it was all right. Like, it was... I, I kind of would have liked a bit more freeform lightsaber play. It didn't quite feel the way that I wanted it to. Like, I came from, like, the school of, like, I fucking love Jedi Outcast or, or Jedi Outcast and Jedi Academy because it was just, like, fucking stupid lightsaber, light, light shaver, lightsaber fighting. So, um, but Fallen Order, it was okay. Uh, you know, it was like, all right, well, it's no Dark Souls, but it's fine. Um, no Dark Souls, that's for sure. Aside, aside from that, um, I've actually been going through, I never played it when it originally came out, The Witcher 3, because they mm. just released, like, the updated version mm-hmm. for PS5. Um, and, boy, it's really nice having a fantasy game that isn't just, like, normal Europe and instead is, like, Slavic pagan Europe. And it's just like, this is a far more fascinating um, but Part setting. of Europe. Yeah, exactly. Instead <laughs> of it just being, yeah. Oh, go ahead. The Witcher 3 update, they, like, implemented a bunch of fan mods into the game, right? Like, yeah. Them official? Well, yeah, they did. And, you know, they, like, had... Apparently, they contracted a lot of those mods out. It's mostly for, like, um, the high-quality textures is the ones that they put in for the mods, I mm-hmm. think. I don't know if they did any quest mods or anything. I'm pretty sure they didn't. Right. It was, um, like, it was, I, it was like functionality yeah. stuff, mostly. Yeah, exactly. Like, so, that... And then they implemented... And then they implemented, if you want to use ray tracing, you can. Um, I don't really care. Um... Actually, anyway, I don't want to get discussed. Ray tracing is a thing that exists and it's interesting. But anyway, whatever. Light um, in video games. Can you but, believe but, it? But yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah, no, it was, it's just been, I, I, you know, I don't want to say, oh, I should have played this sooner. It's just like, no, I probably played it at the right time um, just because I needed a break from other fantasy yeah. settings. So I've been doing that. Sure. And then the only other thing that I've been playing in the meantime is uh, I've still been playing near reincarnation because they just had they a. They had the end of the uh, current story arc that yes. was going on. And boy, there's like I, everybody like 
yes, it's a gotcha game. But anybody who thinks like it's not really valid to the story, it's like, oh no, 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 no. It is. There's some shit that is going it's, on in the story it's that's near. like near. They made yeah. stage plays that are plot crucial. Yeah, like. exactly. <laughs> like it's just like there is stuff that is happening which I cannot explain because it requires so much contextual like awareness to understand any of it. But I'm just like Boy, what does this mean for the series going forward? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a battle between Near and Kingdom Hearts to determine which which series can have more esoteric side content be mm-hmm. crucial to the main right. storyline. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I will say that they are making it clear that um, they are going to be doing a uh, like a novelization series of the reincarnation series. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, but I'm curious because like, I don't like you remember when um, they came out with the, the uh, Yorha raid for Final Fantasy 14, they yeah. had that little thing where, you know, Oh, who picked which character they wanted to go alongside, and that affected yeah. the ending. And everybody <laughs> picked the same character, yeah. so we never, no one ever got to see the other ending. But, um, but there's just been some stuff that has been happening, and so I'm wondering if, um, I don't know, because I, they have not said anything about it because they don't want to clearly. But I wonder if they're trying to do a similar thing here, where stuff that happens with player interaction within reincarnation will affect story stuff down the line. Um, because there's just certain things that have been happening that seem to be a response to players. Um, but anyway, so it's, we'll we'll certainly find out in a few years (laughs) when they decide to tell you. I'm just, I know that's why I'm just really kind of interesting because there's certain things that are being set up that it's like, that is, that, that is quite fascinating anyway. So yeah, so Mm -hmm. I've been playing that and then, yeah, exactly. And so, uh, Mainly, it's just been those two because um, you know cool. I'm still st- still waiting for some sort of Elden Ring DLC to come out because mm. I need an excuse to play more Elden Ring. All I'm the sorry. Elden Ring fans out there waiting Sheldon for that Ring. DLC. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul, what have you been playing? Uh, so I've got three games on the list, two of which I think will be fairly quick. Mm. Um, first one, I got back in Final Fantasy fourteen properly. Um, I don't know. I can't remember if I mentioned that last time I was on the show or not, but like, I've been just digging my feet back into that one. Uh, hit level 90 on all my, um, all my combat jobs and level 70 on Blue Mage. So I've got all red numbers on the screen, which is very happy for me. Very nice. Um, so now I get to enjoy the true end game, which is leveling crafters. Yes. Yes. I uh, got Carpenter to 80 yesterday, and I'm probably going to be doing uh, Goldsmith next, I think. Uh, either Goldsmith or Alchemist. I don't know. Alchemist Do like Alchemist, because that has the best, like, most fascinating story. Yeah, it has a good story. In that case, I might want to hold it for last. Because okay. All right. That's valid, too. I, I don't know, because I, <laughs> I, I ended on Monk with the combat stuff. Yeah. And, oh, and listen, if you're, doing, if you're doing Goldsmith, guess who you're going to hang out with? That fucking piece of shit yeah. from, like, the Monk quest The line. Monk? God, no. Okay. Then yeah. I'm doing Monk first. Holy shit. Never mind. Then I'm doing, then I'm doing Alchemist too, first, because yeah. I didn't want to get rid of that guy as fast as possible. I know. Like, as soon as I did Goldsmith, I'm like, oh, Fuck! It's this asshole. Wait, so Goldsmith is the is the is the monk guy again? Yeah, it, it's okay. Him. I okay. mean, you, uh, he's all. not as directly involved, but he's still there, and it's just like, fuck what this a fucking guy! Shit. What a fucking guy! Okay, um, I've also been falling back into the Blazeball um, mm. hole. Uh, Blazeball started back up a couple weeks ago with the first season of the new era of Blazeball, which was recently announced to be the Coronation Era. So whatever that means, um, we are having an election this week to vote for who is going to be the next um, chief of the umpires um, among the Rogue Ump, the Knight Ump, the Bard Ump, and the Mage Ump. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's fucking insane. I, I can't it. even get started on it. For right. everybody who's not familiar, it's it's a it's a basically ongoing sim that runs a bunch of simulated baseball games and crazy events happen, like players getting killed, their stats being changed, people being dragged into and out of the shadows, all sorts of different stuff. Yeah. And uh, finally, as you may recall, um, during the award show um, episode when I was drunk off my tits, I um, purchased Neon White in real time on the show. I really did that. That wasn't a bit. I actually did buy the game and um, I finally played it last week and I, I haven't gotten very far in it yet. I've been kind of, I've been so in the Final Fantasy yeah. hole that I haven't really had time to play anything else, but <laughs> I played a little bit of Neon White. <laughs> I played a little bit of Neon White and it's wild. You just start that game up and the yeah. first like two minute cutscene is just a Toonami promo straight up. Yeah. Like, like they just blast you with Steve Bloom's voice. They've got music blasts in the background. There's all crazy animations going on. Like, they're they're completely unashamed about their Toonami, specifically their Toonami influence on this game. And also just, like, anime culture in the late 90s, early aughts in general. But, like, th- like the fact that they've got Steve Bloom voice in the main character, it's very <laughs> obvious what they're going for. But the gameplay itself is also fantastic. Yep. It's very speedy, very speedrun oriented. It's very fun seeing all my other friends who have played the game and seeing the leaderboards mm-hmm. and trying to beat them with mixed success. Apparently some of my friends are better speedrunners than I thought, which is pretty cool. But yeah, anyway, those are the three things that I have been, I guess, playing. Also, I've been playing more chess. Just chess in general. Chess in general. Oh, I'm still playing Mahjong, by the way. Just of course. Oh, yeah. So. <clears throat> of all course I ever want to play. That's my Final Fantasy XIV <laughs> game. <laughs> Mahjong That's Master. right. There's Mahjong in Final Fantasy XIV. I actually started an account on a Japanese server just to see if I could level it up so I can get to Mahjong because I want to play it more frequently. And nobody plays on the fu- please, yeah. people on Crystal play Mahjong. I and they folks need play it. Mahjong. Anyway, um, so I've been kind of boring lately. Um, I've <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding about that. I have been focused on trying to stream more often. Um, so I have been playing mostly, uh, BRs, specifically Vampire the Masquerade Blood Hunt. Um, I played oh, last week. Bloodlines. Um, <laughs> I also played, uh, <laughs> Guilty like, Gear, uh, last week to show off my semi-okay. Guilty Gear, uh, Strive? Yep. The new one? Yeah, which one? Guilty Gear Strive to show Did off my... Did you know that they have crossplay now? Yes, they do. We should play sometime, because I have it on PS5. Why did I say it like that? Uh, we should we'll play. PS5 will go west. Um, I, can show you, I can show you my cracked layout. Yeah, I'll show you I my can, I, okay-ish Nagariyuki. I'll, I'll play as my fucking favorite himbo. I love you, Sin. Oh, that's right. You started playing because Sin's in the game. Exactly. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, this is fine. And he came back. It's like, I'm back, baby. Um, Come on. Give me flag, boy. And lastly, uh, I've been, of course, doing D&D. There you go. Uh, Tuesday D and D, Wednesday D and D, and now it's Thursday, and I have no D and D to play, and it's Thursday D and D. Pretty sad. Thursday D and D. No D and D on Thursday. It's sad. I got to be here best, with YouTube. Best, best of luck, Wizards of the Coast. You, you sage. Oh, I see. We got a Sageam fan in the chat. Okay. Ah. Yes. Yes. Um, speaking of, by the way, yes, we are of course uh, live on Twitch. If you're listening to this in the technically future, uh, when this drops on Friday, <laughs> technically. Future. Um, if you listen, if you go watch the Twitch chat, you'll find out why we were laughing at the beginning of this episode. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you will. Um, but yeah, or that'll end up in the cold open. Who knows? Amazing, amazing. Good. Glad to hear we're all. Oh, I I also have been dabbling back into Final Fantasy XIV a little bit. Woo. Um. Glad to hear we're still all on board with that. 
um, and happy that uh, we we have to look forward to whatever bullshit Nier is going to pull out of there uh, behind us sometime in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, Fourteen just kind of comes and goes in phases, doesn't it? Sometimes, like, especially like I, I, th- I, I have friends who are consistently playing Final yeah. Fantasy Fourteen, but I feel like in our in our broader friend circle, it's like yeah. there are phases where suddenly everybody just gets back into yeah. it again. Yeah, well, 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 especially around patch times. Yeah, yeah, well, because I because I even remember that during Stormblood, where it's like I think it was like four. What was that? What was that? Numbers four, four point. Was four that point those seven. ones? Yep. Yeah, I think it was like four point two or four point three. It took like a pretty long break from it before I started playing again, and it's it's fine to do that. Yes, mm-hmm. Yoshi Yoshida, and Kurt, they he, all say it. They're like, should. "Yo, if <laughs> you don't want, if you want to take a break, please." And I'm like, "All right, cool." And I do. If you're and not so, having fun, take a break. It's fine. I know exactly. It's just like, no, I just want to focus some other stuff. It's like, all right, yeah. fine. And then it's like, then I started getting back into it again. It's like, yeah. all right, that's right. I'm a fucking shield gremlin. Easy, that's easy. that's how I play this game. <laughs> love, love it. Love the shield gremlin. Lord Sword Goper. But yeah, no, it's a, it's weird though because like. I don't want to say, like, oh, I'm excited for what's to come. I'm just like, I don't really know what's coming, so I'm kind of just happy to vibe here. I'll I feel there's... like, the, the for me, this story has kind of ended, and I'm waiting for it to start up again. Like, it's definitely yeah. started up again, but I'm waiting yeah. for it to, like, really but start also, up again. But I've also just been enjoying kind of vibing, where yes. it's like, you know what? This is fine. Vibing. I like being able to hang out yeah. with my stupid friends and, like, see Square Enix flexing their food animation technology every patch for some reason. Yeah, they're getting they a lot better it. at things, huh? It's like, hey, do you want yeah. us to see this character slowly ripping apart a meat dumpling? And it's like, that's cool. <laughs> I guess. It's yeah. I so mean, like, plot-wise, we're, we're in, like, we're, like, in a C-plot in the main quest right now, yeah, so it's like... We're waiting it's a for fun like, C-plot. It's it a, is fun a fun scene. I'm not, I'm, not, yes. I'm not disparaging it. It's, it's great, yeah. but it's not really anything, like, important to what's happening waiting, currently waiting like, for something big to start up again. i'm not like i'm 6.4 is gonna ramp into something important yeah. i'm not that's what i think i'm but. not being emotionally held hostage like yes. in comparison yeah. to the last expansion pack like 5.3 5 put yeah 5.3 where it was just like the big thing and was incredible and amazing man the seed of sacrifice with so many people live on the first day I will never forget that one of my most cherished Final Fantasy fourteen memories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was incredible. But then it's like this one is like going, yeah, no, it's like a cool Final we'll Fantasy get there. Four references. Love it. Yeah, I love it's that. Final it's Fantasy. Still, it's my favorite Final Fantasy. I'm sorry, everybody. I don't think anything will ever epitomize being emotionally held hostage more than three point one for me. The whole Warrior of Darkness saga. Mm. That shit oh, was yeah. just so insane. Like I don't. Yeah. I, I, like as as much as I love the rest of Final Fantasy fourteen, I don't think. I have been more emotionally gripped <laughs> by the story than I was by by the the Warrior of sure. Darkness storyline. That shit was fucking mental. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, cool. hot take. Well, Wait, was that a hot take? Is that a hot take? No, not really. It's, it's a certainly take. a take. It's a, it it's a, a very take. Plot. It is a take that prevents frostburn. Sure, I'll take that. Very good. Well, we're gonna right. take a quick break. Um, at least for the podcast version, not for you people on Twitch. But anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more show. Hey, Tim. 
Do you like horror movies? Why, yes I do, Matt. You want to hear two ridiculous horror fanatics discuss all the scary movies that just came out? Wait, you must be talking about our podcast, Happy Horror Time. You bet your ass I am. Oh, clean it up, Matt. No, see, that's the best part. On Happy Horror Time, you get uncensored and unpolished reviews of all things horror. We find all the latest releases, we watch them, and then discuss them in our real talk kind of style. A.K.A. We're crazy! Uh, that too. And don't forget, we also interview classic horror stars and insiders asking them all the questions you've always wanted to know but were afraid to ask. <laughs> like when Felissa Rose from Sleepaway Camp told us how they found her stand-in for that big reveal at the end. Yep, you gotta listen to find out. Check out Happy Horror Time, a podcast for horror lovers. Or anyone who just wants to have a good time. Because anyone can have a happy horror time. Have you ever been reading through a stack of comics and thought, maybe I should see what this Arkham Asylum game is all about? Or been playing Marvel vs. Capcom and felt like you were at a real disadvantage since you didn't know who half the characters were? Well, Play Comics is the show for you. I'm Chris, and each episode we take a look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material. So whether you know the comics and want to know how all these games work, or you know the games and want to find out where all this craziness came from, go check out Play Comics at playcomics.com or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Hello, hello, welcome back to the show. So, all of our news this week is about Activision Blizzard. And I don't work there anymore. Yeah. Um, uh, it just so happens that they got into a lot of shit this mm-hmm. week. So, that's, that's just how it is. So, <laughs> to start off with something pretty near and dear to a lot of us, I think, um, mm-hmm. the Communication Workers of America has dropped its request for a union vote at Activision Blizzard Studio Proletariat after it accused CEO Seth Sivak of, quote, making a free and fair election impossible. Um, a statement released yesterday uh, says that the union push, uh, rather, Civic responded to the union push with, quote, confrontational tactics, and it demoralized and disempowered the group. So the vote is not going ahead at all. Um, and that's really the gist of that story. Um, there's also some weird um, other employee news going on with Blizzard. Um, one of World of Warcraft World of Warcraft's lead developers was fired after protesting an employee evaluation policy. Um, Were they fired? or Did they quit? In conflicting stories. One story says fired. The other story says he walked out. Um, the lead engineer's name was Brian Birmingham. Um, he refused to give an employee a low evaluation after um, not meeting a quota uh, according to Blizzard standards in 2021. Um, this process apparently is called stack ranking um, and requires yeah. managers to give 5% of their employees a low performance um, to oh, fit on a bell curve. Um, and like really listening to myself say that actually sounds disgusting. So. Um, <laughs> yes, it so is. So a lot of employee issues happening at Blizzard right this second. 
Um, I can say from uh, my personal perspective, I wasn't aware of any stack ranking mm -hmm. going on um, for me personally. That's, of course, not to say that it wasn't happening. And it was at Blizzard, so apparently yeah. it was happening at certain teams at least. It's possible that it was happening within the QA department at Hearthstone, but since it looks, it sounds like this was a director just handed down to managers to be like, hey, you need a certain amount of people to be needs improvement. It's possible that that's something that wouldn't have gotten down to me necessarily and I wouldn't have known about it. So it's entirely possible that that may have also been going on in the Hearthstone team without me knowing about it. Again, not something I was aware mm -hmm. of um, if it was... And at least it didn't. It didn't end up affecting me because I didn't stay long enough to hit the review mm -hmm. process. Because so, I was, I only worked at Blizzard as a full time employee for like four months once I was out of contract before I went to Alchemy. But um, yeah, this is disappointing <laughs> to say the least. Um, I'm not surprised no. to hear about this, and that's um, pretty upsetting it, in itself, right? Like, how yeah. much bad faith can you have in one company? <laughs> Yeah, it's um. what's interesting to me about this is that Microsoft used to have something like this stack mm. ranking specifically. Oh, God. And they dropped it like a decade ago because they found that it was just causing oh, so problems. It's literally all. Yeah. <laughs> they, yeah, they they dropped it as soon as Steve Ballmer left, which I guess tells you a lot mm. about that, dude. Um, but yeah, it's 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 terrible and especially because it's like I think within Microsoft they even had it where it's like departments that had nothing to do with each other were competing with each That's, other. Yeah. So you'd have like the Microsoft or the Windows operating system people competing with the Office people competing with the Xbox people competing with when it was there the Zune people, mm. which is just like, well, they're all going to lose because Office is going to win because that makes them th and at Zune that is time lose. Yeah. No, but it's like at that time it was like Office was just going to be the winner because that is the thing that has always made them the most money, and so it's just absolutely insane to think that they would like anybody would do that and so when they stopped it it's like yeah duh because it's yeah no it's it's, it's, it's not it's, only is it antiquated it's like disgustingly unfair to workers it's just one of the most baffling carries over from like 80s 90s corporate mm -hmm. um, yeah like just it's just it, yeah, this, uh, it's, this article it's, actually says it was popularized in the 1980s by general electric uh-huh. Yep, exactly. Yeah, it's um, a very, like, old-school corpo mindset that just doesn't really apply to reality. No. It never did, but... It, but because everybody was making... Yeah. Because everybody was making so much fucking money back mm -hmm. then, they thought, like, oh, this is fine. Yeah. And then it's, like, when they realized, oh, wait, capitalism is breaking, and it's like, yeah. oh... What's that like? We're gonna gasp. Yeah. It, no, it's just like... And then, as for the union thing, like... That it sucks just because it's like, re regard cause like, you know, no no one here is going to say unions are bad. Unions are wonderful and they need to be protected and everything. That all said, it is hard to get a union to work because yeah. it requires, um, you know, a full kind of like embodiment of like cooperation and kind of endurance really more than anything yeah, from, else so it's just like, not only from within right well from from, from the yeah. workers but also from like the people you're unionizing under right like yeah it's, it, it, it sounds it, like it, in this case ceo yeah. seth civak was making the yeah. the the job harder um to to get yeah. through this union push and a big problem that 
proletariat specifically faced. Um, as we mentioned um, on the show previously, this was going to be the first video game union, which was a general yeah. union at a studio rather than a department-centric mm -hmm. union. This union was going to bring everybody on board, writers, engineers, yep. QA, all that. And it, yeah. the problem is mm -hmm. people who are in better paid and better supported positions are usually more reluctant to unionize. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's like and that's I'm not going to I'm not going to disparage engineers for being less willing to unionize cuz they have better jobs. That's yeah. I get it. It makes total sense. You have less you, there's there's less reason for you to put your neck out on the line because you're already being taken care mm -hmm. of compared to yeah. QA who typically gets the short end of the stick, usually gets lower compensation and usually gets worse benefits. Yeah. There's not as much to lose cuz we're not getting as much in the first place. And yeah. so as a result, it's a lot easier to build that solidarity among mm -hmm. QA. I, I, I can't fault them for being less willing to unionize, but it's still disappointing. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot it, of stuff that was going on in the background that I personally was not aware of. And there were a few things which I don't really feel like I'm at liberty to talk mm, about. Don't worry about it. I understand why the process ultimately failed. And it a lot of it does rest on the shoulders of the executives at Proletariat yeah. and the executives at ABK at large engaging in union suppression tactics. Yeah. That is ultimately what collapsed this whole thing. And, and got the people who were probably less willing to unionize in the first place. Yeah. I mean, God bless them for even jumping on board in the first place, because this is not an easy process. It is no. scary as hell to engage in this kind of stuff. I was on strike for a month, and I was ready to get... I don't care that it would have been illegal. I was ready to get fired at any time. Yeah. Like, I was I was completely, like, I'm going to speak yeah. out about this. I'm a contracted QA at Blizzard. If I get fired, I get fucking fired. But there are people who have yeah. been busting their ass that need the support... And just knowing people who are in both in more comfortable positions, but also they have a lot more to lose if something was to happen like that to them. Like mm -hmm. if I got fired, I could go back to pizza delivery, whatever. Yeah. Somebody who's making 120k, they have mortgages. Sure. They gotta. Yeah. They gotta. To, uh -huh. They gotta make sure their shit is. The the funny thing about making more money is if you make more money, you kind of have to keep making that money. More money, or more else problems. Your life kind of falls apart. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and then there's also just the other thing too, where it's like you know, th this is this is always the biggest problem in any sort of thing where you have a job where it's like if you have a job and like the thing that you're doing is like you're sp pouring so much of yourself into just like within passion. Yeah. It becomes this. It just makes everything a lot more difficult because it's like you know, obviously you never want to work in a position when you're exploiting people, but at the same time you're doing something that you f like feel like is something right. that you need to be doing. And so it's just finding that like, it's just, it's difficult yeah. and it's not easy. And there yeah. is so much contextual, um, you know, very variance between what is going on and what you're doing and what other people need that it's like, there's never going to be like a simple answer for that. So I will say it's, it's like, there's, 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 there's a woman who is pretty popular on TikTok, and she got popular on TikTok for posting like, parodies of video yeah. game studio culture and she yeah. announced a couple weeks ago that she got a job at blizzard and somebody who was super high profile was like wow you've been parodying all these big studios just to work at one of the worst ones and and she was just like 
why do you think I'm able to make those yeah. parodies? I want yeah. to work in this industry and I want to help change yeah. it. That's yeah. the whole point. You got to go yeah. inside. No, it, like you can't you gotta get it from the inside. It's like if she's yeah. going to provide this entertainment as a result of her experiences, you can't then shame her for her experiences. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah, it's, I will say there's there is a reason that we exist in this space. There's a reason yep. that I work in video games, despite knowing the shit show I was walking into. Like, I knew what yeah. was going on at Blizzard when I started working at Blizzard. Sure. That We've talked about it on the yes. show for years. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. like I would, went into this blind, but yeah. it doesn't mean I people still don't want to be a part of this and yeah. help rebuild the culture and try and change it from the inside. That's that's why I'm yeah. here. I want to help yeah. fix this culture. I want to be a part yeah. of that. I will say yeah. that just in regards to unions in general, and hopefully without divulging too much about my own union process at my job, um, yeah. that the idea, like the there was a spokesperson that came out against... Uh, communication workers of America's claims about Civac, um, saying that they were totally false and that the he was only just responding to concerns about employees who felt pressured by CWA or by the union. And that is that like talking point that they feel pressured by the union is such a like a nasty, nasty little like earworm to get you to start union busting or start saying no, like start yeah. saying no to unions yeah. because it, f it puts it in the minds of prospective union members that like, it's, you know, look at these people. They're just gonna, you know, pressure yeah. you into things that are going to make your life miserable. And it's the opposite. We're trying to get you on our side yeah. so that we can That's help you do more good things. Building works. Right. The whole, the whole idea of union building is it's, it's on a very individual yes. level. Like, yeah. the very baseline force of how you put a union together is you get a few people who work at a place, and you basically make them outreach, more or mm -hmm. less. Organizing. They, yeah. They, they, yeah, and they take people aside that usually they, they think they're probably going to be on board anyway. That's that's where you mm -hmm. start. And you, you talk to them, and you tell them the benefits of a union. You you you, you be honest about the trade-offs, because the, as as great as unions are, there are a couple things that get... that You're going to have to negotiate. It's a little bit tougher to yeah. do. You have to negotiate. Like, it becomes... It becomes harder to sometimes gain a few things on an individual yeah. level, but in, in return, you get a collective gain for the whole group. And you, yeah. the 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 honesty and openness about this, and the the individual discussions that take place are what it's about. There's no like big mean union guy in the sky yeah. going, "Join our union, or we'll take <laughs> yeah. all your money." They're not like <laughs> bum rushing your office. I'm Santa Claus now. I guess they're not also <laughs> bum rushing your office and telling you to join yeah, or right. else. Like, yeah, get over yourselves. It's yeah. Well, and you know, like that's the main thing, and and especially difficult for you know like when you get bigger unions is that it's like mm. when you have a really big union and you have more people to deal with it becomes a lot harder to like make that union work in a way that is mm. satisfying to the people inside that union because what they might see is important or rather what they work in might not be a reflection of what another people in that same union are working within as well and so that creates conflict within it i mean you know ha having been in a family with you know like working in different unions for different points like 
it's it's crazy some of the politics that happens in a lot of the bigger unions like it's kind of insane sometimes um but it's just that it just happens it's like you have you know it's it's always going to be just it's never going to be simple yeah it's never going to be simple and it's always and there's always going to be so much just contextual difficulties and so that's kind of just an example of this one there and it doesn't mean that unions are a failure it's like that's not what any of this means it just means that it's like the the it just kind of makes it clear that if we want organized and collective bargaining to work like it takes a lot of work and it takes trying to figure out how to make it yeah, work. Yeah, absolutely. Like it's just that's that's and it. That's union dues. We're gonna steal all your salaries. <laughs> so, bring it so stupid. Back to uh, Brian Birmingham even, right? He even said in a in his Twitter post that first of all, I think he was fired because based on his post, he says, yeah. I am no longer an employee of Blizzard Entertainment, though I would return if allowed to. So it sounds like he was fired. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he said he wants to fight back against the stack ranking policy from the inside. Um, yeah. So that, like, once again, could be mm-hmm. something you negotiate if you're in a union, right? Getting rid of yeah. a harmful policy. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's yeah, it's well, it's it's just complicated. Blizzard, fix your messes. All twenty thousand of your messes, <laughs> fix them. Oh, goats, oh, including ugh, ugh. this one about China. <laughs> Please. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, there's there's no blurb here, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna just summarize it. Do it, it um, up. Basically, Blizzard has ended its um, agreement with NetEase to publish most of its games outside of, I believe, Diablo Immortal is still available in China. But otherwise, all Blizzard games are no longer officially published or available in China due to Blizzard ending their agreement with NetEase. If you're not familiar with how publishing in China works, in order to publish a game in China, you have to work with a Chinese company to publish it directly. You can't publish games directly. That's why um, Riot, I think, has to go through a company in order, I think Tencent, Mm -hmm. in order to publish in China. Um, Blizzard, of course, went through NetEase. That's why, generally speaking, it's very hard to release games in China. Valve has to go through a company as well. Square Um, Enix has to go through some company for Final Fantasy IV. It's, 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 it's fascinating and also perplexing. It's also in a way you, you have know. to you also have to get like approval from the government. So it yeah. that's basically what it is. Netties and Tencent these, um, are pretty much your liaisons. These, these, yeah, these Chinese companies have to form agreements directly with the government to get like which I mean like business licenses are a thing in the states. It's not like that's yeah. entirely crazy, but it's it's, <laughs> it's that it specifically has to be a Chinese company working with the Chinese government to like you won't you won't see a company making a direct business agreement with China yep. to publish a game. They have to go it's, through a, through another company. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a even was what's the weird one where like Nintendo had to like partner with some company in order to release their Wii games on a Android tablet or something. Right. And, like, the IQ an Nvidia and shit, Shield yeah. where it's like, what? Okay, whatever. It's it's yeah, it's situation. fascinating. Yeah, I mean like <laughs> it's, it's just like it's very interesting kind of like video game politics that like yeah. certain uh, certain companies have to play with other companies to get their game. I don't really yeah. have any strong feelings about the policy as far as China goes. It's they're they're it's it's a different culture. It's a different country. I I, I don't really feel like I'm qualified to dig into all mm-hmm. that. But basically, the agreement with NetEase and Blizzard fell apart in some way somehow. Yeah. It's not clear what. Although NetEase is clearly not happy about it, and as a result, 
you can't play World of Warcraft in China anymore, which no, is like, I think the second biggest country that plays yeah. WoW besides the United States. And it, it might actually be bigger, I can't remember, but but it's a massive audience for Blizzard. Something clearly went very wrong because it's weird yeah. that this happened. And that's basically it. Blizzard ain't in China anymore. Yeah, which, you know. Messy for Chinese players. <laughs> yes, Diablo well, Immortal. Actually, no, no, you said Diablo I, Immortal. Diablo Immortal is the is the one game that is, I believe, still in yeah. China because well, they, they have they, they have a, a completely partner. separate agreement, and they're also yeah. co-developing it with NetEase. Mm-hmm. Yeah, believe. yeah, exactly. Which is whatever. Just <laughs> I I don't have the foresight or the legal intelligence to understand how all of that like went down. It's just like all right, it's just stuff's happening. Whatever. Yeah. It's video games. Video game business is just it's it's it's, it's a fucking weird it's mess. Be very I messy, tell you, very very messy. It's like this industry. My goodness. Anyway, I think Blizzard did make a statement that if WoW was to come back to China, that players would still be able to access their data and pick up where they left Ooh, off. So it's not yeah. like anything's That's getting good. completely wiped off the face of the map. Yeah, I don't think Bli- yeah I don't think Blizzard is in a position where they're just gonna be like fine. Yeah, we're just, just gonna get rid of it had all. To push a it's like, on the server right, and it's they just just put it just put it on like the shelf for now. We'll get yeah. back to it at some point probably. I mean, I imagine a lot of it is also just because they probably have to deal with other stuff like the whole fucking Microsoft merger nonsense that's happening as well. Or it's just like, you know, that's doing that, and then also you know like realizing that they have no idea how to like work with their employees to make a union work because apparently messy, messy. Yeah. And then and and then in addition to having like you know their their main games like losing favor with a lot of their players, and the, like there's just there's a lot of thing shit going on thing in after Blizzard thing. right now. So it's things. like. So it can be, you know, like, yeah, it makes sense why they might just kind of be like... Hearthstone's still doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All See thanks to Paul. Goes, until, Marvel, until Marvel Snap comes around and goes like, okay, bye Hearthstone. I, I have not played Marvel Snap. It would Snap. be pretty I'm, funny if Marvel Snap ended up killing Hearthstone, given that it was <laughs> made by Ben Brode. Wow. Hey, listen, that's, that's that just tells you the people like a good developer. Good, but, good you know, card game public, developer. But, but a publisher is like, well, you can go fuck yourself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, those Video are our games. two Blizzard stories. So now we're going to get into This Week in Gaming History, where we discuss Yay. some cool things that happened this week in gaming history. Don't ask questions. Anyway, January 22nd, 2008 is the release of No More Heroes for the Wii in the U.S. Technically, the uh, game's yes. true release date, January 6, 2007 in Japan. Um, and of course, this is considered a classic or a cult classic, and one of Goichi Suda's best. Where you just, God bless you just Suda sh- for immediately bringing the Wii to its logical conclusion <laughs> by making a jerk-off joke just very exactly. And like, yeah, that, that's what you do with it, of course. No, it, it makes perfect sense, it and it's the only thing that's weird is that it didn't happen sooner. Yeah. It took like a two years for somebody to make the game yeah, yeah, for the, yeah. with the jerk-off joke. Amazing. That's the whole game. January 23rd, 2002, the release of Parapper the Rapper 2 for PS2, also considered a PlayStation classic and a staple for the console at the time. Um, Parapper the Rapper, that is. Um, and also the birthday of Sam Neeland. It's the day I was born. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Sam Neeland was born. It's the day that I was born. I don't have a year. Oh my God. I don't have a year for you. That's fine. I mean, oh, uh, 1990. Oh, perfect. January 23rd, 19, uh, 1990. 
1990 at 11.53 p.m. Why do I know specifically? Don't worry. I, about I know it. mine specifically. It was oh. nine. Sam, All right, cool. who delivers packages? <laughs> it was nine. What? The loathsome dung eater. <laughs> what, what watch, our, uh, watch our stream. Watch our stream <laughs> from our earlier, earlier last year when we did oh. uh, a, a randomized version yes. of, uh, okay. of uh, yeah, the and, the, and, the, and, and, and the fucking intro that I made, like, just like going like, all right, I got an idea. I'm going to do something stupid, <laughs> man. Let me just tell you. It was fun doing the voice acting for that, mm. just because I didn't know that I could, and I did, and it was and he great. he crushed it. It's really good. It's really It's good. just like, it's just, it's just <laughs> the loathsome dungy. Like, I just, <laughs> like, my favorite thing about Elden Ring's intro is that when the guy says, like, arise, ye tarnished, it doesn't sound like, it just sounds like he's saying rise, and before he just sounds like he's just... Have like just having an orgasm because he's like, oh, rise now, and it's like, oh, it's a rise. <laughs> <laughs> he's not just making a weird orgasm sound. And he's Raymond, doing it. who is loved by no, all. The chat loves Elden Ring, so he said, arise now. <laughs> he tarnished, ye dead who yet live. Yes, it's just, it's so, like, just raise, they're just, their best intro yet, especially because for the longest time, it's just always been, like, old ladies being like, Ooh, you're here. The dark, the dark consumed and let them all die, and then they combined into the way that does the harrowing. And it's like, no, this is just, like, an old guy who's just fucking, he's ready to fucking go yeah, and yeah. be tarnished. Yeah. He's, Elden like, starting, he's, like, it's definitely my favorite intro um, right in front of Dark Souls 3, which is my previous favorite. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and the, the only reason I like Dark Souls 3's intro so much is because it starts with a fucking preposition. It's like, yes, indeed. Oh my <laughs> like, god. <what> the <laughs> it's fuck? like, that's there you so go. sick. We love to write. Yes, indeed. Anyway, love Jan it. Good game. January game, game of last year. January 24th, 2000, Crazy Taxi releases for the Sega Dreamcast. Something of. Something oh, of an arcade necessity in the 90s. Sega found that its incredible success necessitated an arcade port to the Dreamcast in 2000. Well, you know mm-hmm. what they say: nothing changes, but it's still the same. Exactly. Listen, I need. Listen, I really need to get to fucking KFC on the on the dump. <laughs> <laughs> Can you take me to Tower Records? Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! Good lord! Take me to Pizza Hut. I love Crazy Taxi. Uh, what a. What a fucking weird, wild game. <laughs> January 20... 20- Actually, more experienced... Oh, no, go, go ahead. ahead. I need to get to church. I was just going to say, I have more experience with uh, Crazy Taxi 2 than I do the original mm, Crazy mm-hmm. Taxi, but, you know... I feel like I people anyway, didn't the get... The, yeah, people didn't get the Dreamcast for Crazy Taxi. They got it for, you know, Nights into Dreams or something. Well, they, you know, they, for, they usually <laughs> no. got it for Soul Calibur is what they for got For Soul Calibur, that's, that's the real... <laughs> got it for or if Soul Calibur. Or if you're me, Fantasy Star Online, like Ooh, the strange, yeah. strange man that I mm-hmm. am. But this, ah, this, you were one of ten people who played an MMO on the Dreamcast. Excuse, and I was excuse number you, there eight. was way more than ten. Anyway, <laughs> okay, go five, ahead. 15, Continue. Sorry. January 25th, uh, 2003, Devil May Cry 2 is released for the PlayStation 2. Boy. <laughs> that was we, a game. We talk about it every time it's on the show. It's it, it's weird that I've never played a, a, a um, fucking... I almost said Crazy Tax game. It's weird that I've never played Devil May Cry. I, it seems like it's right in my I've only house. played the demo of four. So... I have... I have played the first one, the second, the third, never played the fourth, played the fifth, and when I played the fifth, all I could think was, 
Man, I can't wait for the new Bayonetta. And then, it came out. <laughs> and then the Bayonetta came out. Go. It's just like, they they finally fixed Viola's fucking parry nonsense. Oh my god. Like, they fixed a patch for it. Love it. Now it's great. Love it. Now it's my game of the year. I'm sorry, everybody. Like, it's by Elden Ring. Going back to Bayonetta. Anyway. Have you guys played um, DMC Devil May Cry? I have played that one, actually, yes. I did oh, not, actually. I liked it, but... All of the Devil May Cry fanboys I've ever met are like, ew, why would you like that? And I'm like, leave me well, alone, I, that's why. I trust your opinion more than this, so I think you're fine. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was pretty good. It was it was edgy in the same exact way, and it had a lot more like sex puns, and I'm into that. So oh, sex puns. <laughs> it was great. great. I loved it. It has a great intro. It does, I know yes. that where he's like floating through his throwing floating through his trailer bus, yeah. I and guess. And I thought the ending was and pretty like, good too. It, it's, yeah, it's it's like just, the same ending you get in another Devil May Cry game, except I don't know. It feels more real or something. Um, yeah. Anywho, yeah, you know, January twenty sixth, nineteen sixty three is the birthday of Kensuke Tanabe. Uh, Tanabe is a game designer at Nintendo who is responsible uh, for Yume Kojo, Doki Doki Panic, Super Mario Brothers two, and he also worked on the scripts for The Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past and The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening. Mm-hmm. One of the it's best. Got really games. good resume going on. It's interesting exactly. that he wrote a link to the past and Link's Awakening because a link to the past feels like a fairly conventional storyline to me, and then Link's yeah. Awakening is just so bumpy. Mm-hmm. Link's Link's Awakening is just like the David Lynchian Zelda. <laughs> yeah, it really is though. Yes. It really is. That's good. Well, then, no, that's like it was because he was influenced by Twin Peaks. Oh, was when he was doing that game. Yeah, that's no, that funny. was like a thing where he's like that, that yeah. explains so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Like, yeah, no, it's great. Very good. I I um really enjoyed the Link's Awakening. Um, remake uh, that came out for the Switch a while back. That oh, was yeah, great. it was that great. That was really good. It was really interesting, because I remember when they first announced it, and I saw the art style, and I, I, it, I like, went through the process that the game's fan, like, the game's culture went through with Wind Waker mm-hmm. over ah. the course of, like, years in about, like, 30 seconds. <laughs> I was like, I was like, God, this looks so cartoonish. Well, I loved it. it. I mean, it I was just like, fun, and now it's great. Oh, wait, this I, actually slaps. Yeah. yeah, like I went through that whole process in like Amazing. thirty seconds. Yeah, I know. Like when I kind of realized that it was like they were trying to make it look like a diorama. It's like, uh-huh. okay, this is this is perfect yeah, yeah. actually. So this is great. Yeah. January twenty anyway. seventh, a great day for survival horror games. Uh, January twenty seventh, two thousand marks the first uh, release of Resident Evil Survivor in Japan. The first release of Dying Light for the PC, PS4, and Xbox One in 2015. And a soon-to-be marker for new history, the remake of Dead Space releases on the 27th of this year. So as you're listening to this podcast, Dead Space, Uh, the remake, it's here. Dying Light, Roger Craig Smith's most (laughs) milquetoast role. (laughs) Oh, it was it was no. like at the beginning of his um his tenure of of getting being a leading man in games <laughs> so I can't really hold it against him <laughs> but it's yeah. still just a really mediocre role for him. I mean he acted the shit out of it. Don't get me wrong. I think it was the script that held him back. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it, it it's often that way, I'm sure. Um January 28th, Final Fantasy Tactics releases for the first time in uh the United States for the PlayStation. My favorite Final Nine, Fantasy, one of my favorite games of all time. I didn't write down the, the, the composing on the Game Boy Advance. 1997. 
Thank you. Okay. What was it? <laughs> What's amazing to me about composing music on the Game Boy Advance is that they really have to just work. Or, somebody stop. Oh, me. 98. I'm repeating. I'm, I'm making it. Oh, okay. Oh, you're doing the bit. I mean, it's I will say anyway. I will. I, I will say this. Uh, okay. So first off, uh, Square, like you fucking ported uh, that fucking um, Tactics Ogre game to the oh. Switch. Why don't you Why don't you port that uh, that Final Fantasy Tactics port uh, that you made for the PSP and then ported for iOS and Android? Uh, why don't you put that on the Switch? On they the already Switch. just called Tactics Ogre. Let us cling together. That is not the same. That is not the same <laughs> game. That is not the same story. It is not the same lore. Don't even get me started. Don't hurt me. On on that point, why don't you fucking do an HD remaster of Vagrant Story like it fucking deserves? That game is amazing. I will agree with that. Listen. Listen, Matsuno just makes... Just fuck... Let him do whatever he wants. He's such a good... Good, good, nerdy lad. I love... Like, his Twitter is always the best because he just fucking talks about old games he used to make and why he went like, oh, no, I intentionally wanted it to be so that you could be really overpowered in this game if you did it this way. And it's like, I love you. You're my favorite. That's why I love you forever. And also, you're a nerd. The best. Anyway. I wish I enjoyed tactics games. I like... I wish I enjoyed tactics games. I like some tactics games, but... A tactics game has to be doing something really specific for me to get into it. The closest I've gotten to really enjoying a tactics game, there's two. Uh, Tactics Tactics Ogre, The Night of Lotus on the Game Boy Advance, and Mm -hmm. um, Advance War, also on the Game Boy Mm -hmm. Advance. (laughs) I like... I mean... um, I I played the hell, and I still sometimes revisit... um, Disgaea, which is like... Disgaea. Yeah, the funkiest, weirdest tactic game ever. Um, in which you can throw um, one motherfucker onto another motherfucker and they'll level up. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, why Uh, would you do that? Why would you know to do that? (laughs) Uh, I guess you could could say that uh, 13 Sentinels is technically a tactics game. Oh, true. Which also has one of the same composers of Final Fantasy Tactics, which is absolutely (laughs) wild, because completely different kinds of music. Yeah. Equally is amazing, though. Um, But yeah, no, like, for me... You know that I'm extremely enjoying a tactics game where I'm just sitting there looking at the screen and, like, doing nothing but thinking and just, like, trying to plan stuff ahead. If I'm doing that in a tactics game, like, you got it. You got me. That, to me, is fun, which sounds really boring because I'll just be sitting there doing nothing for, like, <laughs> a half hour at a, a time. Game. <laughs> I know it's like, but it's like, oh, you do that. It's like, no, you will all be bored. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like having like, you know, the fucking math woman thing going on in my head and not like doing anything except making visual reactions while just sitting there on the screen. Well, we do love a face journey. So put that on stream. Face journey. That's a, there's only only one tactics game that I really enjoy and it's called chess for the board game. I hate you. I love that you love chess, but I think I hate you. Does that make sense? Also, actually, Mahjong is the best tactics game. No, it's That's not. True. It's, <laughs> no, it's, it's not. Mahjong. When you're right, you're right. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, anyway. All right. Well, those are... That's everything. That's all of them. Congratulations. So, as we move along toward the end of the show, we always ask you, Sam, to give our listeners a recommendation. Which game should they be playing or be on the lookout for? Um... Good lord, I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, what? 
Oh, no, you do it. One of you two do it first. Paul, let's... <laughs> Wait, no, you don't have to. You're hosts, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I've got one. I, you know what? Fuck it. New patch just came out. Go play Final Fantasy XIV. Okay. Uh, it's got yep. a free trial. You know you know the copy pasta. There you go. Just go play it. It's, it's fun. Oh, it's... I know what it is. There you go. I, I know what it is. All right, so boom. If you, if, 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 you haven't, if you haven't played it, and it came out, and it's still on Game Pass, play Pentiment. Mm, okay. Because that game Ooh. is very quickly one of my favorite games of last year. <laughs> Because it is one of the first games that I played where, like, stuff will happen that is normally like, oh, stuff went horribly wrong, and I didn't want to save scum. I wanted to see how things played out. Mm. <laughs> and if a game is able to do... it, like It's like, when a game is able to do that, is like, that's really good. Because mm-hmm. it's just like... Because it's just so good. Because I, I became so tired of the whole like oh your choices matter in games thing and i was always like do you be evil or do you be good it's like it's so it's so tiring and it's just like pentiment is like there's really no good or evil here (laughs) things just happen that was me with disco elysium like disco elysium you make choices but it ends in a dice roll and I mean, you you could totally save scum it. It gives you the tools to do so. Yeah. But it's so much more interesting to just follow your choices and follow the dice rolls and see how things go. And it, it does kind of feel like... I mean, there are, there are bad ends, but it doesn't yeah. feel like there's really wrong answers to tackling any particular situation. Yeah. Well, and the thing with Pentiment is that it's like the choices that you make, like, they'll have an effect... But you are never given the full context of a situation, so you will never completely know how something will play out. And it's like, that to me is like, that's actually very good, because that makes it so you just sort of have to go with the flow. Mm -hmm. It's, yeah, anyway, great, great game. Like I said, if you have Game Pass, it's still on there. Um, You can play with a controller and you can play it with a mouse and keyboard, like they all work. But yeah, no, awesome game. Very cool. Incredible game. Um, and one that doesn't take too long to get through. That's the other thing that's nice about it. I, I'm going to recommend Scratchin' Melody. Um, yeah, my yep. man! Scratchin' Melody is, is only a demo right now, but it is a really, really, really amazing demo. I've been actually I've been playing that for weeks. I forgot about that until just recently. Um, it is a really good rhythm game. Um, we just spoke about Parappa the Rapper too. It, it is in that in that kind of vein. Um, the beats are really good. The lyrics are pretty good. I really enjoy it. Um, I find myself singing the songs when I'm like walking around in my apartment. Um, I'm I'm starting a um, like a like a campaign to get me to voice synth in the wave. Um, I want to like I want to like hold this game up as like a really good. First of all, a really good demo, right? A really in-depth oh, yeah. demo. Um, and it really feels like it's shaping up to be one of those games that you are going to be able to pick up and play over and over and over and over and over again. Waves like the water break down the beautiful. tension. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, I, Fuck, the tracks are so good. My favorite songs are Nami Dot Wave and Stir and Mix, but Grease Poppin' is a very, very close Making second. cookies for my it's, love, Stir and It's mix. very, very good. Um Again, I am trying to be noticed to be synth in the wave. I will absolutely do that. <laughs> um, so yeah, check out Scratch and Melody. Uh, Melody is spelled with two I's, and Scratch and does not have a G. So check it out. Um, it's a free demo on itch.io. Um, you can't miss it. Um, 
link in the show notes yes i will link i will link uh in the yes. in the show notes um and finally to finish off this episode please let us know sam where we can find you on the internet uh, and if you have anything else to plug uh well i mean you can still find me on twitter i will not go elon musk can go fuck himself i got here first absolutely that's <laughs> like probably I, listen, true Fun fact, uh, I started uh, my Twitter account the day after my birthday in 2007 when I was 17. So I have been there longer than most people. I believe that. So Elon Musk, fuck off. I'll stay here. You can get the fuck off. Damn right. I don't care. I got here first. Um, but yeah, you can find me there. Uh, Sam Neeland, S-A-M-M-N-E-I-L-A-N-D. You can also go to my website, samneeland.gay, because... That's still the best URL. I'm sorry. Once they opened up .gay, it's like, that's it. That's what it is now. Samuel.gay. I wonder how that's... I still wonder how that will affect, like, certain job prospects in the future. It, where it's it, poss- like, it can't possibly unless it's in, like, a Sarah Huckabee Sanders yeah. state. Yeah, exactly. But, it, well, you know, it's just... But even, like, I imagine it's like people like, .gay? Like, what? okay. How right, dare whatever. you? Like, Good I think they'd just sorry. be more surprised it exists. <laughs> like, oh, sure. all right. But yeah, but that's also just because it's like, I do not want there ever to be like a thing where like me being gay is not like common knowledge because I don't ever <laughs> want it to be a surprise because if it's a surprise and somebody's having to have an issue with it, I probably don't want to work with you. So yeah, if you have an issue with any queerness, no. Fucking often. <laughs> no. Mm-mm. No. We're, yeah, Excellent. No. So yeah. Very good. Paul, where, were you, where are you at? As always, you can find me over on Tumblr at paulsrockandpagoda.tumblr.com. I'm also available on Mastodon at shrike.club forward slash at paulsrockandmastodon, spelled M-A-S-T-A-D-O-N because I don't know how to spell and I can't fix it at this point. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the best place you can find me. I'm also live on Twitch about once every two months at twitch.tv forward slash bonzi77. There you go. All right. As always, you can find me at Kamijace Gaming on Twitter, and you can find the Weekly Cooldown as well on Twitter at WKCooldown. Be sure to visit the Weekly Cooldown Facebook page, I guess. Visit WKCooldown.com for more news and other episodes. Be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser or Spotify, but only on the mobile version because, you know, Spotify. Um, be sure to check out the links in the description, including, of course, our Humble Bundle for this week. Remember, you can support your favorite charities and also support this show, your favorite show. Um, it has to be. You gave it five stars on the on the app that I told you about just now. The three apps. You did it. I saw you do it. Anyway, <laughs> be sure to check out the... Oh, wait. No, I said that. Our logo and art Jason, is... Jason, are you okay? No, absolutely not. Um... <laughs> Our logo and art is by Corgian. Follow Corgian on Twitter at DoghouseCorgian. D-O-G-H-O-U-S-E-C-O-R-G-I-A-N. DoghouseCorgian on Twitter. Our intro music is done by Ricky. Follow Ricky on Twitter at Dog underscore noise. D-O-G underscore N-O-I-S-E. And finally, as a reminder, next week is going to be um, the start of the Black History Month block. As a result, I will not be on the podcast for the next month. No. Uh, so... Kami Jace, whatever guests you have, I hope you guys have a great time. I will see you guys back in March when white people are allowed Absolutely. on the show. Absolutely. Thank you very much for your recognition <laughs> of your whiteness and your disprivilege to be on this show during February. No, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm more than happy to be in this space. It was, it was, I, I feel like I always need to say this every time. It was my idea to not be on the show during February, okay? Yes. I came up with it. Paul said, listen, in I the don't great, have listen, to in the great, in the great words of Dr. Martin Luther King. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> um, in the great words of Dr. Martin Luther King, get the fuck off my podcast. <laughs> 
Um, that's all for the weekly cooldown, though. Uh, we'll see you next week again. Yes, for Black History Month um, and all of the cool uh, conversations we'll have with other Black creators. Um, I'm Kami Jace. I'm Paul C. and March Henderson. Uh, Huey died in the pool. <laughs> I can't believe it. I cannot. You do this every time. I hate you so much. And we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye, everyone. Love you. Bye bye.